Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, good morning, good morning. How many ready to go this morning? I just wanted to um, solicit your help for next weekend. As you saw in the church news, um, we're doing something really special next weekend. You know, we've been setting aside the whole month for a time of prayer and fasting, which will end Wednesday night. If you haven't been out the Wednesday nights yet, um, make your way out. We're going to wrap it up this weekend. We've had some great Wednesday nights, and we're going to believe for it's our year of victory. So we're going to believe for a victory blessing this Wednesday night. And um, usually we come out of the Wednesday nights in January into uh, first Wednesday in February, but uh, this year we're changing it, and we're going to take a break from our series uh, next Sunday. Uh, uh, You probably know this, but our church is affiliated with Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas. We're part of their network. Um, I literally feel it's probably the best church in the country, and a few years ago, we just wanted a a connection and a, a network to belong to, and they were adding about 100 churches into this new ministry they were doing, and so they invited us in. So we have a, an ongoing connection with them. And so next Sunday morning, uh, so there, there, there'll be three guests with us next Sunday. In the morning, one of them will be speaking in our main service here. And then uh, we're adding a special Sunday evening where uh, we're just calling a prophetic weekend. It's three members of their prophetic team, and they're going to be here on Sunday night just releasing some prophetic words over our church. They're praying right now. They might have a word for you. And I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to come. He might prophesy how bad I am. Um, God doesn't do that. They won't do that. But I would encourage you. I know you may not usually come out on Sunday night, but make plans. Just be here Sunday night. Um, it, it'll be about an hour and a half. And so we, we want to hear what God's saying over our lives. Amen prophetically from God through them to us, and so we're excited about that. So just, I know if you don't usually come out on Sunday evenings, we don't do a lot of Sunday evenings, but just make plans to be here at 6.30 and come ready to receive. We want them to have a great opportunity to just speak what God has uh, for, for us, our church, and maybe for your particular life, some guidance, direction. That'll be next Sunday night. Uh, just wanted to remind you, I'm going to pop this up on the screen here, that uh, we, we gave a life change challenge in the fall. We haven't said a lot about it since the holidays, but we really, uh, I got up here in a series and just said, you know, the trend in the church world is to just be out of church. And so I said, let's break that trend. And, and uh, our, our vision here is that it's all about what? Life change. Anyone had their life changed since you hung around here? And, and we believe that, that uh, the, the way that really happens is that you just come frequently. Just be here on Sundays and just, just watch what God starts to teach you and do in your lives. And then there comes a, a point where we need to start connecting consistently. Come out to something other than a Sunday morning. Come out to a men's group and a, or a ladies' group or a first Wednesday. Just start con- connecting yourself more consistently. And then um, begin to contribute generously. Be a, be, not just be a financial giver, but join a team. Help us serve here. I know a lot of people look around and say, ah, oh, they don't need more help. We, we, we always need more help. And and then compel purposefully. That just means start bringing some people with you. That's the life change challenge that we've that we put out there. And so, um, wherever you find yourself on that on that cycle, um, just start taking yourself to the next level, and you'll see some life change. Amen. Hey, before I jump into the series, we just wanted to let you know we we want to bring some new merch in. So we want to want to finish out moving the merch that that we have out there. And um, you've seen these on video, but we've got a real cool shirt here. It says, "The truth will set you free." How many know that? And um, you can't know truth apart from God. I mean, know that to be true. And then we made this shirt up. This is only for the brave people. Um, we designed this. It says, um, stop perverting the promise. I mean, oh, the rainbow is about something more than a current movement. You say, well, I don't know if I want to wear that. That's controversial. That's why you should wear it. And we got a, a cool LifePoint hat here. So um, I'll just give a T-shirt or two away. Anyone want a free T-shirt? All right. There in the middle. Anybody over here? Right there in the middle. Anybody want a, a life point hat? Nice catch. Not bad for a Buffalo Bills fan. All right. We can work with that. We can work with that. I was teasing him one night. He sat there with his Bills hat on. I'm like, oh, going to have to cast the devil out of him for the morning's hour. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So we're, we're, we're actually in week four of a series called Tested and approved. 
And uh, I've been telling you each week, there's just some stuff I'm glad that they test and approve um, and confirm the reliability of things. I've named a few of those, like um, anyone ever driven across the New River Gorge Bridge? I'm glad somebody tests that. Um, anyone ever taken the ski lift at Canaan Valley? I'm also glad someone tests that. Um, I, this is a weird one, but I'm always glad they test those barriers at the zoo between me and the gorilla. It's just a personal thing, I know. Um, I got a few more for you this morning, just a couple more. Okay, um, anyone glad that surgeons have to be tested and approved? I mean, I'm just glad that's not like, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, so I'm glad about that. And, and I was telling my wife this this morning. I'm glad they have something called crash test dummies. You ever seen it? They put them in a car, and they test the brakes of a car, and they smash them in. I'm glad they test those because guess not, if that's not, if they didn't have those, guess who the test would be? You. <laughs> I'm glad that things are tested like that. And so, you know, if they're going to test things of that nature, how many know it's just as important for, for us to have some tests in our life, uh, for example, for your breakthrough, for your destiny in life, for the purposes of God in your life, for going to the next level in your life, all of those things to confirm us, those areas will be tested. And if we're going to test the bridge at New River Gorge, your destiny in God is just as important, so it's going to be tested as well. Y'all get what I'm saying? It, it, so the important things in our life, our destinies, our breakthroughs, our next levels, our blessings, our next seasons, um, you know, we declared this year was a year of victory. How many have already been tested? How many have been tested a lot already? I mean, like, why did I sign up for that theme this year, Pastor Aaron? Just, it should have just been the year of average, and the devil wouldn't have messed with me, no. Um, but, but, but the blessing on the other side is worth the test, right? Just hang in there, okay? Um, and so we always want to have a couple scriptures on the things we throw out there. The book of James says it this way, brethren, so he's talking to us, count it all joy when you face various trials, knowing this, the testing of your faith produces patience and patience has a perfect work that you would be perfect and complete and you would lack nothing what the bible is saying is your faith is going to be tested so you can receive the result of your faith or that you can become mature in all things and not lacking god wants to mature you and not have you lacking in the, in anything but there's going to be a few tests on the way let me let me give you another scripture this is the book of philippians and it says be confident in this he who started this work in you is going to carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus. So you are, you are not finished yet. Um, you're, thank God you're not who you were. You may not be where you want to be yet, but thank God you're not where you but, but Jesus will complete you. He has the ability to finish things. He said it on the cross. He has the ability to bring you to the place, into your destiny, into a finished product, and, and you're, 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 you're not done yet, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Right? Right? And, 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 and so we've been looking at this concept of, of being tested and approved. And so there, we'll go through seasons of testing. If you remember back in school, at the end of a chapter or a semester or a section, there was always a what? A test. Um, how many like the open book tests? Remember those back in school? I want you to know, our life is an open book test. It's, it's the Bible, okay? But, but so we, we're going to, anytime you elevate to a next season, get into a next season, go into a next season, you're going to face some testing on the way. How many have found that to be true? It, it's not a sign that you're doing something wrong. It's actually a sign that you, you could be doing a lot of things right. Um, how many, though, um, in life feel like you've failed some tests? The good thing about God is, guess what? He, he's always going to help us, and we're going to retake some tests. Um, but we want to pass them because we don't always want to retake some of them, right? I, but I will tell you that all the tests we've been talking about, all of us, myself included, have failed some of those tests at different times. But thank God he's a God of grace, and he lets us retake these tests. And it, He doesn't give us a test. He doesn't give us a test to prove how much you don't know. He gives us a test to prove how much you're surrendering and how much you, you do know. So whenever you pass those tests, he gives you a new level of responsibility, opportunity, anointing, authority in your life. And so 
We've been looking at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. It's one of the greatest stories back in the book of uh, Genesis about someone pursuing what God spoke over them. And so we've been looking at the tests he went through, and we've been applying them to our lives. And this is, this is week four. And so we, we, we come along Joseph, and Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob. He's the favorite son because he was born to Jacob's favorite wife. Which, that's a whole different story, to have a favorite wife. It's a different time, a different culture, right? That's not my point. So uh, his favorite wife, he has his favorite son. He names him Joseph. And he begins that, uh, and because of he was favored, his brothers, the Bible said, hated him. And he began to have these dreams of his family bowing down and worshiping him. So he did the worst thing that he could have done. Uh, he went to him and told him, I had this vision you were bowing down and worshiping. How many know if you went to your sibling and told him that, they wouldn't be like, well, bless God, let it happen. They'd have a different opinion, right? Can you imagine going to your brother and be like, I see you bowing down before me. And he was the youngest. So, that, that, so the first test he had to face, which we all have to face, is this ongoing test with our pride. Anyone ever notice you have a little pride working in you? Uh, th- then we see that Jacob sends Joseph to check on his brothers. They're tending the flock, and he, he gets there, and his brother said, well, here comes the troublemaker, and so they throw him in a, a pit to die. Now, you might feel like your family's a little dysfunctional, but they've probably never thrown you in a pit. Maybe it feels like they have, but the second test that Joseph had to overcome was this, this pit test. Sometimes in life, we, we end up in a pit, and we talked about how to get up and get out of a pit. Y'all remember that one? Pray your way out, praise your way out, proclaim your way out. Well, uh, instead of leaving him there to die, the next thing that happened in the story is they saw some slave traders come. So now they have an even better idea. Let's make some money off this guy. So they sell him into slavery. And so he, he ends up uh, going, uh, and Potiphar buys him in Egypt. And, and so God is with him, the Bible says. And now he's put, he goes from the pit to the palace, and he's put in charge of things in the palace, all because God was with him. And we just talked about being faithful last week. And so we've talked about the pit test and the pride test and even the palace test. You guys ready for the fourth test this morning? Yeah. Um, I, 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 you may not be ready once you hear what I'm going to talk about. Um, my wife's ready, but I didn't hear the rest of you that enthusiastic. But we're going we're gonna to tackle this anyway because these are tests we're going to face. Yeah. Amen. Um, we've all failed them. We've failed all these tests. But I believe if God's with you, um, as you pass these tests, um, you're going to go to another level, another level. So let's go to the book of Genesis. We'll, we're going to pick up right where we saw that Joseph was sold into slavery. Potiphar bought him, but God was with him, and he's in charge of Potiphar's household. He was uh, an elder over his household. So in this, these verses are going to take a really weird turn here. Every time I read them, I'm like, well, I didn't see that coming. But here we go. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food he was going to eat. So he had no more worries except for what's for dinner. I mean, no, that'd be, that'd, that'd be a good place to be. Um, but look at, look at the rest of the verse. But Joseph was very handsome, and he was a well-built young man. One translation says he was good to look at. Um, I didn't see that coming, did you? Okay. Um, now, now look at verse 7. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. And she said, come and sleep with me. She demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he said, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How could I do, look what it says, such a wicked thing. It would be a great sin against God. But she kept putting the pressure on Joseph day after day. But he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of, his, out of her way as much as possible. But one day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. And she came up, and she grabbed him from behind, grabbed his cloak, and demanded, come on and sleep with me. I mean, no, this woman's got some problems. She's got some issues. <laughs> Joseph tore himself away, but his cloak came off, and he left it in her hand as he ran out of the house. 
I told you the story was going to take a strange twist. Here he is, finally got out of the pit. He's in charge of everything for Potiphar. Everything's going great, except for Potiphar's crazy, lustful wife. And so there's another test that you and I have to face, and it's, it's the purity test. Just like pride, just like the palace, just like the pit, we have to face this thing called the purity test. This isn't a popular conversation in our culture. You, you could also call it the temptation test. Anyone ever face temptation? Three of you. The rest of you have a... Okay. So when we, we're going to talk about temptation. Uh, you say, well, what is temptation? Well, temptation is, is pressure to fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. So it's a desire or a pressure to fill, fulfill something that's normal, but do it in the wrong way. So let me check again. Anyone ever face temptation? The thing about temptation is, is I'll explain this. Temptation is, it's amoral. It's neutral. It's not sin. It's not necessarily right or wrong. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just simply you thinking about sinning. Or are you thinking on sinning? Let, let me give you a scripture. This is James chapter 1. Look what it says. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they receive a crown of life that God's promised to those who love him. Remember, when you are being tempted, never say that God's tempting you or testing you. Because God doesn't tempt anyone to do wrong and he never tempts never tempts anyone else temptation comes from whose desires your own desires which entice us and drag us away and when these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow it actually brings death with it so the bible says that that temptation is not from god but it's not, it's not, it's, it's amoral, it's, it's just thinking of sinning. So we're all tempted, doesn't mean whenever you're tempted it's not sin, it's, it's thoughts coming your way, it's pressures invading your mind, but all of us are tempted. But the Bible says that that temptation actually comes from, guess where, within us. There's an enemy that tempts us, but he tempts us with what's coming out of us. And the Bible says if we... If we let that lure us, we'll eventually give in to sin, and sin brings with it death. Ultimately, death. You know, there would have never been death if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned in the garden. But along with it, not just literal physical death, but there is all kinds of death. Death to our finances, death to our bodies, death to our relationships, death in areas of our life. That's what sin, that's what sin brings. So let's just talk about temptation for a moment. I like to pop these slides up on the screen and and I'm going to tell you a, a little bit about what temptation is. <clears throat> um, you can take notes. Some people like to take pictures of that. Uh, temptation, first of all, is I worded it this way, it's, it's invitational. And what I mean by that is, uh, in the Bible, the word test or the word t temptation is really, the, it's the same word. And so what it is, it's, it, it's an invitation for you and I to abandon God's best. It's just an invitation or a pressure for you and I to abandon God's best. I, I was thinking about this example. Um, when I was in high school, a long time ago, right? Um, Coach used to make us run these things in the gym called suicides. Has anyone ever ran a suicide? Uh, let me explain the suicide. So in the gym, you would run from the baseline to the foul line, back to half court, back to the next foul line, back to the next baseline, and back. That's a suicide. And he may say, we're going to run five suicides. That means five of those. Now, while, you, while you're running those suicides, um, <clears throat> let me say this, that the coach was after something. He was after conditioning. He was after endurance. But in the middle of those suicides, how many of you have ever had this thought, I am quitting. <laughs> I'm done. This feels like suicide. So the temptation was to what? Quit. 
But the coach was after something else. He was after endurance. And so the temptation is the thought about something. And so temptation is an invitation to quit. Quit being faithful. Quit being full of character. Quit being full of integrity. It's just this invitation to just abandon God's best. Now remember, we're talking about tests on the way to your destiny. And so there are going to be some temptations to get you to what? Abandon God's best. Quit enduring before you get there. Because at the moment, at the moment you're running that suicide, your legs are hurting. Everything's hurting. Your chest is hurting. You're just going to go through some pain. But temptation is, I don't have to go through with this. And I saw a lot of people quit running suicides. And many times I came across that line barely getting to the end of it. But there's something about enduring those things that changes your conditioning, changes your level of endurance. But, it, but it's invitational. Here's another thing about temptation is it's relentless. Whether you know this or not, um, the devil doesn't take a day off. In thousands of years, he's never taken a vacation. And sometimes temptation can be what? Relentless. Anyone ever been there? He, he can keep messing with your mind relentlessly, especially when you feel worn down, you feel weak, and you feel worn out. He will really come with the attack. And he's going to bring things before you to lure you. The whole idea of temptation is, a, is like a, a fishing illustration that he drops a lure that attracts your attention, like, like a lure would attract a fish. And when that fish bites the bait, when we bite the bait, then all of a sudden the hook is set, and now you can take that fish wherever you want to go. And if the devil can get a hook in us in certain areas of our life, he can take us where he wants to instead of God taking us to our, the best he has for us. And so it's, it's relentless. Um, remember this, though. There is a difference between a marathon and a sprint. Your, your Jesus journey is a marathon. It's long distance. It's not from here to there as fast as you can go. And so thank God we serve a God of grace. Amen. Keep your confidence in him. Here's the other thing. Um, temptation is challenging. I mean, would agree with that. It, 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 it's challenging. Um, all of us are going to be tempted with things like unforgiveness, greed, lust, those types of things. Um, uh, but some of us have certain areas that maybe we're challenged in a little more than other people. But it's all temptation. It's to tempt us, to get us, to give up, to quit, to sin, to, to abandon God's best. So so it's, it's challenging. But it's also an opportunity. Because the Bible says when we faithfully endure in these areas of our life, there's a blessing. There's a blessing that God from God that, that comes with it. So um, I wrote this down, and, and see if you agree with this. If, if you don't, um, you need to because it's right. Um, that, <laughs> there, are just, there are just some blessings that can only come through going through the battle. So like 10% of you agreed with that. There, there, there are just only some blessings that can come if we go through the battle. There's just some blessings that can only come when we, when we adore and, uh, endure and the blessing comes on the other side. And here, here's, here's the last thing, though, I wanted, I wanted to pump you up. So how many, how many get these? Like, yeah, temptation. It's relentless. It's challenging. Um, but it is an opportunity. But look, the last one, it's defeatable. It's, it's defeatable. The Bible says that Jesus actually provides a way out. He provides a, a, a way out. And Joseph um, was dealing with this. He's, remember, he, now he's in the palace. He has authority over the whole household of, of Potiphar. He had authority over all things. He was faithful. Potiphar said he didn't have to worry about anything but what he was going to eat. But Potiphar's wife, the Bible says, noticed that Joseph was good to look at. And so she started to look at him in a lustful fashion. And day after day, she's pursuing Joseph. So this is a temptation, obviously, that's day after day after day after day after day. And, and, and Joseph said, this is, this is a wicked thing. I, I can't sin against God in this way. I can't give in to impurity. Now the test we're talking about is purity. The opposite of purity is what? Impurity. It literally means this, to be contaminated. And what Joseph was saying is, I'm not going to allow my life to be contaminated. 
I'm not going to allow these areas of my life to allow impurity to enter in. Here, here's why. If we, I'm not saying we just make a mistake, but we're, if we open the door and allow uh, areas of impurity, it starts to contaminate areas of our life. And instead of you walking into your destiny, here's what happens. Um, your destiny can get detoured. Your destiny can get delayed. And it can be destroyed. Now, what we're talking here about Joseph, and we face the same things that, that Joseph faced. And we, we want to get to where Joseph got. We want to walk into everything, all the dreams God gave us, all the promises God has provided for. We all want to walk into those for our lives and our family. So these are just tests on the way. And one of them is going to be this purity test. But when we fail this test, it, it can delay your destiny. It, it could send you on a detour from your destiny. Or it, it could actually destroy your destiny or God's very best in, in, in your life. Uh, they did some research at Cambridge University. And the research made this conclusion. The greatest dynasties in the history of the world. So we can talk about the Inca dynasty. We can talk about um, the Roman dynasty. All these dynasties in the world, they weren't conquered from the outside. They fell because of morality. They fell from the inside. And the greatest threat to you and I right now there, there's, there, is, there is definitely a threat to our borders. And let me add a very unnecessary one. But there's a greater threat of what's inside our borders right now. And, and not, just, not just the activity from the borders, but the morality issue in our country. If we fall, it will be because of that reason. Sexual immorality uh, is the main reason that dynasties have fallen and been conquered um, throughout history. Let, let me give you another scripture. Y'all doing all right? Look at someone and say, this is uncomfortably awesome. <laughs> all right, this is the book of ex Exodus. You know, a lot of times when you hear someone just preach on things like this, they just tell you how bad you are. But I, I want to give you some direction this morning, some, some victory. Okay, this is Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 says, And the Lord passed before him, and the Lord proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God is merciful, and he's gracious, and he's long-suffering, and he's abounding in goodness and truth. You need to get that tattoo right there. Look what it says. Can you pop that back? Verse 6, the Lord is merciful, and he's gracious, and he's long-suffering, and he's abounding in goodness and truth. That's the God I know. That's, that's the God of goodness. That's the God of grace. But let's read on. He actually keeps mercy for what? A thousand generations. Now look at the next wording. He forgives iniquity, and he forgives transgression slash sin. By no means clearing the guilty, but vi look what it says, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children and their children's children to the third and fourth generation. Let me, let, let me express that. We have some different words in this verse. First of all, um, I'm super glad that mercy and grace goes a thousand generations. But it does say in here, something is visited to the third and fourth generations. When, when you see the word transgression slash sin, that's, that means our outward sinful actions. But what he says is iniquity visits to the third and fourth generation. Uh, uh, let me explain uh, iniquity this way. Uh, transgression and sin is the outward action. Iniquity is the motivation on the, of the heart. So there are some heart iniquities that have been passed down to you from three, four generations above you that gives you a certain slant toward temptations. It didn't say sin was passed down. It says iniquities or heart motivation was passed down three to four generations. So what I'm saying is you will deal with certain things in your life that was passed down to you. Certain inclinations, certain motivations, certain iniquities that's passed down. And you will deal with some, if you don't get victory over it, 
it will be passed down to your children and their children three or four generations. Now, the good thing is grace and mercy is a thousand generations, but we want to break those we want to break those things that were passed down to you. We want to break those iniquities. So the sin isn't passed down, but the, the iniquity has been passed down three or four generations. So if there's a certain slant in your life, a certain struggle in your life, it, it, it's pretty certain that it was passed down to you from three or four generations before. Now, I'm not saying that so you get off the hook. I'm just saying you're dealing with things that came in the bloodline, the sin line. Um, so... They may have sinned, doesn't mean you have to sin, but, but the temptation was, was passed down to you. John Wesley said this, what one generation tolerates, the next will embrace. In other words, if you tolerate it, your kids and their kids are going to embrace it. Look at our country. We have tolerated things, now we're embracing it. So remember I said temptation was defeatable? How I many we want to pass this test and break it so your children and their children don't, don't embrace it? Amen. All right, y'all doing all right still? Uh, so, so we see Potiphar's wife, and, and, and she noticed, hey, Joe is, he's fine. She sees him day after day, and she's like, he's good, he good to look at. Um, and so she pressured him day after day, come and sleep with me. Now, she wasn't tired. I mean, do I need to spell it out for you? Okay, okay, wow, wow. She had something else on her mind. And so, <laughs> this is how Pastor Diane looks at me all the time. I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> but Potiphar's wife, she looked. <laughs> then the look was a linger, and the linger turned into lust. Remember we said it's a process? And, and so there's two sides of this, this story. There's Joseph trying to overcome this temptation, and there's, there's this temptation um, that this other person is in. And it started with, with just this look. And our culture is just, it's, it's, it's full of impurity. Now, when we start talking about impurity, we all th start thinking sexual immorality, and, and that's, that's accurate, very much so. I, I read this the other day. In our country, um, because I think this is an interesting story because we always think, well, men, they're a bunch of pigs. Well, the woman is the pig in this story. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what the Bible says. Maybe we've had this wrong for decades. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Because listen to this statistic. It, it, during a monthly basis, just, just let me throw this out there. 90% of men and 60% of women are struggling with pornography in our culture. In the Christian community, it's 41% to 13%. In their leadership community, it's, it's, it's 50%. It's a product of our culture. It's a product of, of impurity. Now, if you're thinking, well, it's, it's just sexual, it does include that, but you know, Galatians, I'm not going to go there, but in chapter 5, it, it, it lists the works of our flesh. And it lists some things like this. This is a list of impurities. There's, there's some things on this list, um, like indecency, Sexual immorality, lustful thinking, um, then, then some things like this, emotional and mental garbage, idolatry, which is worshiping other things other than God or more than God, manipulation is on that list. It's impurity to be a manipulator. Now, let me say this, to make a mistake is not impurity, but to begin to live in that is, is impurity. Um, hatred, how about this one? We never have this in the church world, strife and division. It's on the impurity list. We always want the big ones to talk about. But some people are just full of strife and division. Full of strife and division. Church people. Resentment. I know that's no one in here. Maybe somebody watching from home. But resentment, bitterness, that's on the list. Um, temper tantrums. Arguing. Selfishness. Loving your opinions. Envy, jealousy, murder, addiction, a party lifestyle, drunkenness. And you say, like, I'm not on this. No, because the Bible says, and the like. In other words, anything that would fall under that list, 
the Bible says this, those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me help you. It doesn't say you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. It says the kingdom of God. That means the power, the purposes of the kingdom, the blessings of the kingdom. You can't practice that lifestyle and continue to walk in the promises of God. Doesn't mean you can't make it to heaven. It just means you will not walk in the full promises of the kingdom of God. You still with me? And so Joseph dealt with this. He dealt with this with overcoming impurity. <clears throat> so I thought what I would do is share with you how to overcome impurity. If you're going to be tested in it, how about we find the answers? Okay? Um, so I got three life points for you. Three things we need to do to overcome impurity. Am I helping anybody? <clears throat> I know you came this morning, you wanted to hear about being blessed and all that, but sometimes we need to hear some hard truths. Amen? <clears throat> all right, so life point number one, how do you overcome impurity? You refrain. <clears throat> and these aren't so deep you can't do them. Refrain. The Bible actually says to, <clears throat> pardon me, avoid immorality. Everybody say avoid. You know what that means is we need to, we need to, we need to be vigilant <clears throat> to guard vigilant to protect our eyes, vigilant to protect our hearts, vigilant to put some boundaries up in our life. We just need to be smart about some. Now, remember, what are we talking about? You probably have certain temptations that you deal with that was passed down to you, and you're not the only one, but we have different ones that are unique to us. So what should you do? If you know one of them that I, <clears throat> that I had on the list, if you know one of them is resentment or being strifeful, or if you're dealing with lust or whatever it might be, the Bible, the first thing it says is refrain or avoid any opportunity, any issue. Um, now, temptation is going to come, but we need to know that's an area that I've struggled with. That's an area that I've been tempted in. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put up some boundaries. Y'all got that? I'm not going to think I'm so super spiritual that I'm not going to be affected by it. We need to be full of wisdom, and we need to... We need to know where the line is and stay a safe distance from it. And so in our crowd here, we probably have some of you that are, you're just, you're, I'll just tell you how the conversation goes in my house. You're a rule follower. Any rule followers? <clears throat> I mean, hey, if you say stay away from it, no problem. Then there's the rest of us. <laughs> that's, that's, why would I want to stay a safe distance from it? Um, anyone? on the edge a little more. Me and Pastor Diane, this is what I'm talking about. She's like, hey, if, if we're supposed to not cross that fence and go into that area that says do not enter, I'm not doing it. I'm like, it's the shortest distance from here to there. <laughs> All that's between me and the fun is a fence. How many are more like that? <clears throat> okay. But we need to know where the line is. I'm playing a little bit here, but we just need to know the line. Because I want you to pass the test. I want you to defeat it. Because I want you to walk into your next season. I want you to walk into your next victory. I want you to walk through your next breakthrough. <clears throat> so we need to refrain. We need to avoid. We need to put up some boundaries. Here's the second one. Resist. Refrain. Resist. Um, Joseph said, and the word resist simply means to defy. And the Bible says this, if you humble yourself under the Lord, which means bring your life under the word of God, then you can resist the devil and he, ha he has to flee. But the word resist means to defy. It means to defy. And Joseph said something in that story, I don't know if you missed it or not, when, 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 when Potiphar's wife started coming on to him, he said, this is a wicked thing. I'll not offend God this way. Whatever that thing might be in your life that you've been challenged with, struggled with, you know it might be your area of weakness, it was an iniquity that came down, you need to start looking at it differently. You need to start looking at, that's a wicked thing. That could detour me from my destiny. That, that, that could delay my destiny. It could actually destroy my destiny. Instead of being obsessed with the thought like, I know it's bad, but ooh, it feels so good. It feels so good to be bitter. It feels so good to be unforgiving. It feels so good to be strifeful. 
It feels so good to lust. It feels so good to lie. It feel, this addiction feels so good. But you got to come to a place where you understand, I hate it. I hate the pornography industry. I hate the lust issue. I hate the lie. I hate this that's been passed down to me. <clears throat> I, until you come to a place where you know, see, everything the devil has, y'all, is a counterfeit. He's not creative. He's just a counterfeiter. So what God gave you was creativity from the beginning, uh, and he's going to counterfeit. That's why he has everything working in the world. The Bible says he's a God of this world. He's over the industry of this world. He's over those things. He's creating nothing but counterfeits. The reason why God said it this way, I made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I made Adam and Eve. I put them in a garden. I called them to be married and be one. Anything outside of that is destructive. God's not trying to be a killjoy. He's trying to get you into the peak blessing. So we just need to come to a place where we're like, I'm going to call that wicked. I'm, I'm going to call that, I, I've dealt with strife. Maybe it was passed down to you. I'm going to call it wicked. And I'm going to, I'm going to fix it where I've caused division. I'm going to fix it. And I'm getting out of this strife. God, you've got to help me because it feels so good. Or this resentment, I, I feel so good, but it's wicked. Until you start calling it wicked, you'll keep embracing it. Are y'all getting me? See, when, 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 it's, when it's resisting, we need to make a decision to bring these things out of the dark, bring them out into the open, uncover it, expose it. That's when it loses its power. When you, you go to someone and say, hey, I, I need to confess this. I need to be accountable. When you, when you do that, I mean, when, as long as it's in the dark, it can be covered up. But when you bring it out into the light, it loses its power. And I just want to say this to each and every one of you. No matter what your struggle for purity might be, everybody has struggles. We all sin differently. We all sin differently. But let's call it sin. Let's call it a wicked thing. Let's bring it out and say, I don't want, I don't want this to be covered up in my life. I want to expose it. And if someone needs to help you be accountable, that's, 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 that's why we do life together. Y'all getting this? I got to keep moving. Here's the last one. So we need to refrain. Y'all got that? Just, just do whatever you can to stay away. If there's some strifeful people, you might need to put distance between you and them. I, I give you permission. And don't be like, well, I'm married to them. No, that's, you can't do that. <laughs> but there, there are people that bring you down, and you might need to put some. I'm not saying be mean to them. Don't go to work tomorrow and be like, I'm never talking to you again because my pastor said, you are bringing me down. Don't do that. <laughs> just put some distance. Don't, don't, don't answer all the texts. Texts, don't, don't. Don't go on Facebook every five minutes and be like, because it's out there now, baby, and it, it won't go away. <laughs> and sometimes we just need to call it wicked and resist it. But then there's a moment, here's the third one, run. Run. You see how these progress? I'm going to refrain. I, I'm, I'm going to have to resist. But there comes a moment, there comes a time when, guess what? You have to run. Look at someone and say, Run. You have to flee. You, you, you have to, you know, make that line a speck. Don't, don't put yourself back in that place around those people, around that temptation, around that situation. Are you getting me? Sometimes you got to end some relationships. Sometimes you have to put some guards around things, and sometimes you just, you got to run. Y'all got that? Don't say, well, you know, I'm just praying through it. No, you got to run through it. That's what you need to do. Well, I'm just lingering. No, you, you, what happened to Potiphar's wife? She looked, she lingered, and she lusted. You need to hit the road, Jack. Come on, we're trying to pass some tests here. Why? Because the Bible says if we cooperate, he's going to bring us into a mature place, into a perfect place. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect, just, just a mature place. And what's he going to do? You're going to lack nothing. And to be, I, there's some areas of my life I'm able to look back now and say, he's made me an overcomer. He's made me an overcomer. Because there was a time temptation was overwhelming, but I've been an overcomer. But you still got to be smart. Sometimes you got to refrain. Sometimes you got to resist. And sometimes you've got to get up and run. You all getting this? Not like, well... No, you, 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 you got to run. You got to run. You got to run.
Can we all stand? Did you get something good this morning? I remember next weekend we're going to take a break from this. I want you to be here, get something good from God in the morning and especially at the night. But we're going to do for a moment what we've been doing every week. As we worship, I want you to just ask God, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Don't let this be one of those mornings where like, well, I wish such and such was here because they are impure. (laughs) No, this is a moment for you to be like, God, there are some areas of my life, in my heart. You know, the Bible says this, there's nothing good in your heart. Well, they're good hearted. I'm sure Potiphar's wife was good hearted. No, just sometimes there's just some, the Bible says above all your heart, there's some evil stuff. My point is some stuff just comes out. It was passed down to us. But it's defeatable. It's defeatable. You you know, here's something you need, need, need to know. If there's something demonic in your life versus something that's flesh, you can't cast the flesh out. You can cast the demonic out. You can discipline your flesh, but you can't discipline the demonic. So these areas of temptation in our life, it needs disciplined out. I mean spiritually disciplined. Spiritually disciplined out, which is surrender, which is humility. What did the Bible say? Humble yourself, God will exalt you. Humble yourself, then you can resist the devil and watch him flee. How many want to see the devil flee in your life? Well, he needs resisted to flee. He needs, you need to refrain for him to be put at distance. And if it's a heightened season of that temptation, run. Run to somebody that will pray with you. Run from it. Run to somebody that will help you. If you go to somebody and they're like, well, I tell you what, brother, I shouldn't be. Then you run to somebody else. (laughs) Here's one thing I wanted to add. Because maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, man, I've. I've really let some impure areas in my life. Maybe you're struggling with the pornography thing. Maybe you're struggling with some immorality of a different kind. I want you to know this. I want you to hear this. This goes right along with refraining, resisting, and running. Um, It's all repairable. It's all repairable. Um, God's in the repair business. He's in the repair business. He can purify what were impure areas of your life if you, if you work with him, if you allow him. Um, and when we overcome these areas of our life, Revelation says, then we get authority in those areas. We, 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 get, um, we get power in those areas. Sometimes there's a moment where we need to just repent. Sometimes we need to confess. Sometimes we need to apologize. These are things that purify ourselves. I've had to in my life at different times confess some things, apologize, forgive. Because if not, we contaminate ourselves. I don't know about you, I don't want to stay contaminated. Anyone want to be uncontaminated? And once again, let me say this. I'm almost done here. We're all in this together. If you've got some areas of contamination, we're, we're here for you. None of us are up here, including myself, being like, well, stinks to be you. No, we all have areas. Can I give you a couple scriptures that'll make you shout? Romans says this. Paul wrote this. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of Jesus. And don't think how to indulge yourself in evil desires. What he's saying is in, just, just, just be in the presence of Jesus. It'll keep you from stuff and it'll help, keep you, it'll help you get some stuff right. Help you get delivered from stuff. Isaiah says it this way. Now, remember the transgression and the iniquity thing? Isaiah says it this way. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. We actually considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he, look what it says, he was pierced for our sins. And he was crushed for our iniquities or our heart motivations. That punishment, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we're healed.
Every one of your bitter struggles, he was pierced for it. Every one of your pornography issues, he was pierced for it. Every one of your lustful issues, he was pierced for it. Every one of your unforgiveness, every one of your drunkenness, all that, he was pierced for it. And by his piercing, you and I were delivered. We are set free. We're healed. We're healed. We're delivered. We're set free. We're healed. We're delivered. We're set free. Years ago, I, I, I worked for a pastor, and he walked up, and he said, you know what? If, if, you are, if you're struggling with alcohol, just call yourself a drunk. If you're dealing with sexual immorality, just call yourself a pervert. And he went through this list. And there is a moment we confess, and we, we get real about our failures. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say something about redemption. Don't call yourself a pervert. Don't call yourself a drunk. You used to be that. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now you're full of grace. Now you're free. And, and if you ever felt a temptation, it's not the time to call yourself a pervert. It's not the time to call yourself a drunk. It's not the time to call yourself that. It's the call, I'm a child of God still. I'm the, it's his righteousness. It's not mine. And keep bringing those things under and let him free you. But, but it does take a little bit of spiritual endurance like running that suicide. You got to keep going. You got to, and you got to refrain from some things. Amen. You got to resist some things. Amen. And you got to run. The reason why the coach made me run the suicide so I could run longer in the game. The reason why God wants you to run now, if you have to run from some temptation, he wants to, he wants you to run longer in the game. He wants you to run right into your breakthrough, right into your blessing. We're going to sing. I, I just want you to this, for the next few moments, you might need to repent of something. You might need to recognize something. You might need to lay something down with God. This is a church, not a courtroom. And you just do business with God during this song. If there's somebody you've been strifled or division with, you might need to go to them and say, I'm sorry. I was acting stupid. This is something I deal with. And I, 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 I ask you, we need to repair some stuff. Amen? Bring it to God. During this song, what's the Holy Spirit saying? If he says something obey because there's freedom on the other side. There's a blessing on the other side of that. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.